Hello, and welcome to the Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee podcast, where workforce development is our business. I'm Shaitania Brown, President and CEO of Employ Milwaukee, the local workforce development board serving Milwaukee County. As the dust settles from the recent midterm elections, both locally and nationally, a frequent hot topic that's near to the top of everyone's list of concerns is the state of the economy. According to the 2021 Federal Reserve Board Survey of Household Economics and Decision-Making, 48% of adult respondents rated their local economy of good to excellent. Conversely, only 24% of adults rated the national economy as good or excellent in 2021, down 2% from 2020 and about half the rate seen in 2019. Virtually inseparable from any discussions about the economy and money is the banking and financial sector. And the saying goes, money makes the world go round. Moreover, as we hear more banter about the emergence of cryptocurrencies, blockchain, fintech, and decentralized finance or DeFi, fundamental banking practices are still important. To explore the ins and outs of the banking sector in greater detail, I'm excited to be joined today by community mover and shaker, friend of Employee Milwaukee and BMO Harris Bank, Wisconsin Regional President of Retail Banking, Mr. Anthony Hudson. Anthony has a vast experience in the banking industry and community leadership spaces, inclusive of playing a key role in BMO Empower, BMO's five-year, $5 billion commitment to address barriers faced by minority businesses, communities, and families. In addition, Anthony serves on the executive board of City Year Milwaukee, the Boys and Girls Club of Dane County, and the Madison Urban League. Welcome to my show, Anthony. I am so glad you can join us today. I am so glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. No problem. I like to um, invite guests that come from various sectors and this financial services, this banking sector is one near and dear to the work that we do here at Employment Milwaukee, but to the community as a whole. So you started your banking career right out of college. What is it that stirred your interest in the banking and finance profession? I wish I could say that I grew up wanting to be a banker, and it was a a long-term dream of mine. I actually grew up wanting to play in the NBA, uh, like a lot of young young boys from from my neighborhood. Uh, And I was was probably in elementary school when my my mom told me, you're not going to the NBA, you're going to college. (laughs) Uh, And I don't think that she had a real specific goal for me post-college, but there was a thought that if I went to college, I would figure it out. And I I got to college, I majored in finance. I knew I liked math. I didn't want something as specific as accounting. I also worked in different organizations in college that that really uh, helped me to discover that I enjoy working in teams and I've always been competitive by nature. And so as I got close to graduation, senior year of college, actually got several no's. Hmm. Uh, and my hometown bank was one of the first yeses that I received. And it really just seemed to make sense to start a career in banking because they were offering, uh, number one, a paycheck to help me start to pay back student loans. Number two, a training program that although I felt fairly accomplished leaving college, I wanted to make sure that I had the support to really grow and develop in whatever it, it was that would be next. Well, that's awesome. And so you talk about your segue into the you know, banking world. What is it about your banking experience that helped prepare you for 
um, your current position as the regional president um, of retail banking at BMO Harris. Yeah, that, so there was so much that went into it. Uh, I did, I've now been in this role for 14 months. Next year will be my 20th year in banking. Oh, wow. And so when I think about the things that really stand out to me that help to prepare me for this moment, um, I, I am a believer that good leaders also learned how to follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, good leaders uh, are, are at some point in their career, good followers. And I, I would even tell you today that I am someone who prides myself on being coachable and someone that my leader can look to and go, he's a very strong leader. And he effectively follows when need when he needs to. I was blessed with mentors and managers and sponsors throughout my career that helped me uh, to recognize blind spots, that helped me to understand where I had a real gift that maybe I didn't even see in myself, and uh, individuals that provided consistent coaching that allowed me to continuously get better. Right. And patience was was certainly a part of that story. Mm-hmm. But if I think about uh, the last 20 years, I worked in teams. I've built diverse teams that have performed higher than many of our peers. I've been passionate about serving the communities of the two banks that I worked for throughout my career. And I have been um, relentless in giving back through the community organizations. I've had an opportunity to partner with and serve on boards. So those themes have been consistent throughout almost 20 years. And it's awesome to hear you say that, Anthony, because, you know, one of the things I like for the listeners to pick up from the interviews that I do with individuals is to know that. um, And so there's always a question to ask people's personal journeys for people that I interview. And I hear overarching themes such as the mentorship, sponsorship, things of that nature. That is so important and imperative with a person who's looking at um, an upward trajectory, as well as you brought up coachable, being coachable and being patient. Um, oftentimes we we get very ambitious individuals who come in and want to dive into leadership, you know, head first and not understanding there's a journey to that path. You need to learn a few things before, you know, people like the idea, but then you also want to be successful. And, you know, many of those things um, play into one being successful. So to my listeners, again, here's another star that we've brought on who once again brought up these key themes about pathway to leadership, mentoring, being coachable, being patient in that journey and also giving back um, to your community, because the same way people poured into you is always important that we pour back. But getting back to your role at BMO Harris, you know, you've noticed um, you have also directed a key pillar of BMO's ambitious empower initiative. Um, the five year, $5 billion commitment to address barriers faced by minority businesses, communities and family. What specific tactics will be carried out as part of the initiative to address the various barriers in minority communities? I appreciate this question, and I appreciate the question because any chance that I get to talk about BMO and power, uh, I light up. And I light up uh, because I was blessed to be a part of the organic process here internally at BMO when we were brainstorming how to bring be more empowered to life. I had an opportunity uh, to have a seat at the table with our most senior leaders 
to discuss what boldly growing the good in business and in life, what that would mean for black and brown families across this country. Mm -hmm. Um, We launched BMO Empower in November of 2020. At that point in time, we were still very much in the thick of a pandemic and a pandemic that was impacting black and brown people disproportionately to others. And so in its simplest form, we said we wanted BMO Empowered to be a vehicle to help uh, the black and brown community kind of achieve a sense of like making progress, uh, a sense of um, uh, getting them back to even, but long-term also saying, we want to be intentional about closing the wealth gap that we Mm -hmm. believe exists and we know exists with black and brown families and in black and brown communities. So BMO Empower uh, was founded on six pillars. And those six pillars, we feel, address that wealth gap comment that I made in a very intentional way. So just to, to name a few of the pillars, uh, we, we think about uh, how we serve entrepreneurs, women, black, brown business owners in the small business space, in the mid-market space, uh, in the corporate space, right? The needs of your small business owner that, that may be a startup or in their first five years are different potentially than that black or brown led business that has been in business for 20 years and maybe they're doing millions in revenues. Mm-hmm. We said we want to attend to both of them and help both of them not only survive the pandemic, right, when we launch but how do we graduate from just surviving and help them to thrive long-term? Uh, another pillar within BMO Empower is uh, how we help to create more Black and Latinx homeowners. Mm. And the thought process there is oftentimes uh, one's home is the largest asset that they will ever own. And so the simple math there is if we can create more Black and Latinx homeowners, we create wealth and wealth that could potentially be transferred to future generations, you know? And then the last one that, that I'll comment on, and uh, Tanya, I know this is, is near and dear to your heart. We launched two years ago, our Be More initiative. And Be More uh, is really focused on how do we team up with uh, community partners who are mm-hmm. experts in the workforce development space to help to identify diverse talent and bring them into entry-level roles within the bank and then double down on their development and how we help them to really mobilize their career upward throughout the entire organization. And I'm pleased to say after two years, we have hired dozens, Mm -hmm. just brilliant talent across Chicago, Milwaukee, and Madison. And the program is full of momentum, putting people to work, making livable wages, and offering them career opportunities. And you are right. Those are those industry partnerships are definitely near and dear to my heart so that people can see the possibility where entry level is not where they stop. There's a commitment to really um, career pathway them within a particular industry, especially that industry that they have interest in. We hear a lot about the power of credit. Post-pandemic, has the importance of credit been relaxed a bit, or is credit slash good credit still something to strive for relative to financial strength? It's always important to strive to have really strong credit. And the reason why I say that 
is because credit is, uh, it can be a tool or resource to help one to create wealth. And when credit is not good, it can also be uh, a deterrent, right? Mm -hmm. And so let me give you an example. Really good credit could help someone to get a mortgage loan at a really competitive rate, right? Really good credit could help someone to uh, obtain an auto loan Mm -hmm. at the best rate. Not so good credit, right, can either keep someone from being eligible to purchase a home or to purchase that automobile that they need to move their family into that home or they need that automobile to get to work. It could be a, a detriment. It could be a hindrance if the credit is not there. And so uh, we preach uh, financial literacy and really starting with the importance of how we budget that eventually allows us to save, but also be really intentional about understanding how credit works and how we drive that credit score up. I will uh, just say that there's an asterisk here in that I think over the last two plus years, there have been a number of financial institutions that have rolled out products, both from the personal and business front, that have relaxed some credit standards. Mm-hmm. And although that is needed in some cases and that that option exists in some cases, uh, my message will be consistent here in that I want to see all uh, of our customers, every community ally, my, every prospect, my message will be the same. And, we need to build towards the strongest credit profile as possible because ultimately that will help you to save money, make money, create wealth. So throwing a a slight monkey wrench into that question, you know, um, there's a lot of old school people who um, don't believe in credit. They believe, you know, they, they come from the background of you pay cash for everything. If you can't pay cash for it, then you can't have it. So how do you get someone with that mindset to understand how credit can be a benefit? Credit, I think, depending on who you talk to, means something different. Right. (laughs) A credit card, uh, depending on who you talk to, I can show you the same credit card. And one person says, I make money using that card because of cash back and rewards. And the other person would say, that's taboo. I would never have one of those because I've been taught to pay in cash. And what I would say is, Conversations should first start under understanding one's individual unique situation, right? Mm-hmm. I understand that not all of us have the same uh, start point. And so a big part of what we wanted to, to offer through BMO Empower is offer access. And when I say access, yes, I mean access to capital, right. but I also mean access to a diverse team that can meet you where you are and help to explain, educate, and raise awareness around topics that may be taboo and truly educate you on the power of some of those topics, such as credit. Credit isn't for everyone today, right? But I would say that everyone should strive to have a really strong credit profile, a strong credit score, because credit, if used the right way, can drive powerful outcomes in both one's personal life and for entrepreneurs. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I bring that question up because, you know, when we um, connected this past summer and 
running our summer program and we were talking about how can we find ways to pay the young people for this new initiative that we were starting. And you talked about the parents opening accounts and things of that nature. And oftentimes our children learn from um, their guardians or their parents. And it's so critical that we as adults have an understanding because what we understand is what we teach our children. And if we don't understand, then it becomes difficult to teach them the right way to go and understanding that. So I asked that question for that that reason there. I mean, we, we've seen it all from people using check cash in places, people having net spend cards. Not that I'm saying any of those things are bad, but just really trying to establish some consistency with how one banks. And that leads me to how can people get in contact um, with you, your team, um, so that they can get a greater understanding of a financial, you know, be, be able to participate in some of those workshops, ask those questions that they may have related to um, financial literacy, financial uh, banking, things of that nature. In my role as regional president here in Wisconsin, I have the pleasure of serving uh, approximately 150 BMO branches across the state. So those branches uh, are here to serve our communities, right? We have an unbelievable network and team of folks ready to jump in and uh, truly get to understand uh, an individual or a family and what's most important to them, right? Mm -hmm. Our conversations will indeed be focused on getting to know you, but also understanding how do we help to take your conversation to the next level and make real financial progress. So uh, exploring one of the branches, uh, one of the mm -hmm. female branches across the state is certainly one way to engage us. The other way that I would say is there's two other ways. You know, we have really beefed up our digital offering. And so there is uh, a ton of information at our fingertips, whether it's on the smartphone or whether you're accessing it from your laptop. So if you go to BMO.com, mm -hmm. there certainly is a ton of information that will allow you to get to know us, our products, our offering, as well as maybe to find the closest branch to you. And then the last outlet would be our contact center. So we do have an 800 number uh, that we will offer banking over a phone. Is that If that's your preferred method to engage the bank, uh, we want you to have options. But I would tell you, we're really excited to see, sit down with you in any one of our branches around the state. Well, that's awesome that, you know, because some people still like the face to face. They do not like calling and pressing one and pressing nine and pressing five. They definitely like to do the face to face. And then there are those who, you know, they like to be behind the scenes and call in and, and dial the number. So um, we truly appreciate those offerings. And I ask all of my guests that I invite on as a leader, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, I want Anthony Hudson's legacy to be really centered on a few things. One, I want to be seen as a leader that helped to break down barriers, right? Barriers for uh, the employees that I have an opportunity to serve, barriers for customers who oftentimes are coming to us with a need and need a partner to help them to be able to overcome obstacles and to be able to dream bigger and achieve those dreams. And then uh, truly an ally for the community, right? I want to be seen as someone that was invested and helped to drive real outcomes 
mm-hmm. for uh, his team, for his customers, and for the community. Uh, beyond that, I would say I want to make sure that I can be proud of the time that I have in this space and being able to show up in the moments that count. And what I mean by that is right now, uh, where there's a lot of conversation about you know, a potential recession or are we in a recession? And what I would tell you is, uh, I think anyone that doesn't have a real skill, right? Or some form of education that they can then tie to a job opportunity could potentially be at a disadvantage, mm-hmm. right? And so I want to make sure that I, we are showing up in this moment to ensure that we're pouring back to help folks develop those needed skills, but also taking action to help them to get placed in jobs so they can support themselves, support families, and eventually give back and support their communities. I want to be the person that uh, coming out of the pandemic, uh, where black and brown businesses were closing at double the rate of white-owned businesses, that we could be a part of the, the, the solution and the story that said, we help business owners keep their doors open. We help business owners see rapid growth coming out of the pandemic. I want to be the individual that showed up in the moment and said, despite rising rates, we were able to help folks understand budgeting and what their budget uh, could could uh, take on in terms of uh, a home loan, right? Even though the rates are rising, that's still there still is a great opportunity for uh, individuals who have always been renters to achieve the dream of owning their own home and creating wealth that could be passed on. I want to show up in this moment and drive real action. Well, thank you so much for that, Anthony. That that to me, everything that you describe is is about having impact. And, um, you know, I can definitely appreciate that. It's great to hear um, individuals' commitment to that oftentimes you know, people make it to where they want to be in life and oftentimes don't look back. The more we have commitment to our communities, the more that we see it's our responsibility to serve. Um, That's how we change the narrative for many, many people who oftentimes narrative is bleak until they, you know, get the opportunities and be exposed to what's possible for them. So I appreciate again, thank you for sharing your insights and your journey with us today. It's a pleasure to have you on our show. Um, are there any parting words that you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, here's my parting message. Thank you for having me on today. Thank you to, to you, Shaitanya, uh, to the Employee Milwaukee team for the many lives you all are changing day in and day out and helping folks take a step forward in realizing their dreams. I'll, I'll leave it with our listeners to say, um, We are excited to have an opportunity to get to know you, to understand your goals, your needs, and to figure out how we can put together a plan to drive real financial progress. Thanks so much for your time. Again, thank you, Anthony. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Workforce Insights with Employ Milwaukee, where helping people live their best life is our business. Be sure to like, share, or subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
To learn more about Employ Milwaukee, check out our website at www.employmilwaukee.org. That's www.employmilwaukee.org. Until next time, be safe, be brilliant, and give it your all.